Well, hello there and good day to you all. My name is Bill and we are here with Bible in a Year with Bill. We're going through the message, paraphrase of the Bible, written by Eugene Peterson. Today is March 25th. We're on day 84 of our journey through the Bible this year. And today we're going to be continuing in the book of Deuteronomy with Deuteronomy chapter 14 to chapter 16. And then we're going to finish off today's reading with Psalm 44. So let's get right into it. Deuteronomy chapter 14. You are children of God, your God, so don't mutilate your bodies or shave your heads in funeral rites for the dead. You only are a people holy to God, your God. God chose you out of all the people on earth as his cherished personal treasure. Don't eat anything abominable. These are the animals you may eat, ox, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, roebuck, wild goat, ibex, antelope, mountain sheep, any animal that has a cloven hoof and chews the cud. But you may not eat camels, rabbits, and rock badgers because they chew the cud, but they don't have a cloven hoof. That makes them ritually unclean. And pigs don't eat pigs. They have a cloven hoof, but don't chew the cud, which makes them ritually unclean. Don't even touch a pig's carcass. This is what you may eat from the water, anything that has fins and scales. But if it doesn't have fins or scales, you may not eat it. It's ritually unclean. You may eat any ritually clean bird. These are the exceptions, so don't eat these. Eagle, vulture, black vulture, kite, falcon, the buzzard family, the raven family, ostrich, nighthawk, the hawk family, little owl, great owl, white owl, pelican, osprey, cormorant, stork, the heron family, hoopoe, bat. Winged insects are ritually unclean. Don't eat them, but ritually clean winged insects, winged creatures are permitted. Because you are a people holy to God, your God, don't eat anything that you find dead. You can, though, give it to a foreigner in your neighborhood for a meal or sell it to a foreigner. Don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. Make an offering of 10%, a tithe of all the produce which grows in your fields year after year. Bring this into the presence of God, your God, at the place he designates for worship, and there eat the tithe from your grain, wine, and oil, and the firstborn from your herds and flocks. In this way, you will learn to live in deep reverence before God, your God, as long as you live. But if the place God, your God, designates for worship is too far away and you can't carry your tithe that far, God, your God, will still bless you. Exchange your tithe for money and take the money to the place God, your God, has chosen to be worshipped. Use the money to buy anything you want, cattle, sheep, wine, or beer, anything that looks good to you. You and your family can then feast in the presence of God, your God, and have a good time. Meanwhile, don't forget to take good care of the Levites who live in your towns. They won't get any property or inheritance of their own as you will. At the end of every third year, gather the tithe from all your produce of that year and put it aside in storage. Keep it in reserve for the Levite who won't get any property or inheritance as you will, and for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow who live in your neighborhood. 
That way they'll have plenty to eat, and God, your God, will bless you in all your work. Deuteronomy chapter 15 At the end of every seventh year, cancel all debts. This is the procedure. Everyone who has lent money to a neighbor writes it off. You must not press your neighbor or his brother for payment. All debts are cancelled. God says so. You may collect payment from foreigners, but whatever you have lent to your fellow Israelite, you must write off. There must be no poor people among you because God is going to bless you lavishly in this land that God, your God, is giving you as an inheritance, your very own land. But only if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, diligently observing every commandment that I command you today. Oh yes, God, your God, will bless you just as he promised. You will lend to many nations but won't borrow from any. You'll rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. When you happen on someone who's in trouble or needs help among your people with whom you live in this land that God, your God, is giving you, don't look the other way pretending you don't see him. Don't keep a tight grip on your purse. No, look at him, open your purse, lend whatever and as much as he needs. Don't count the cost. Don't listen to that selfish voice saying, it's almost the seventh year, the year of all debts are cancelled, and turn aside and leave your needy neighbor in the lurch, refusing to help him. He'll call God's attention to you and your blatant sin. Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessing, in everything you do and all your work and ventures. There are always going to be poor and needy people among you, so I command you, always be generous. Open purse and hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbors. If a Hebrew man or Hebrew woman was sold to you and has served you for six years, the seventh year you must set him or her free, released into a free life. And when you set them free, don't send them off empty-handed. Provide them with some animals, plenty of bread and wine and oil. Load them with provisions from all the blessings with which God, your God, has blessed you. Don't for a minute forget that you were once slaves in Egypt, and God, your God, redeemed you from that slave world. For that reason, this day I command you to do this. But if your slave, because he loves you and your family and has a good life with you, says, I don't want to leave you, then take an awl and pierce through his earlobe into the doorpost, marking him as your slave forever. Do the same with your women slaves who want to stay with you. Don't consider this an unreasonable hardship, this setting your slave free. After all, he's worked six years for you at half the cost of a hired hand. Believe me, God, your God, will bless you in everything you do. Consecrate to God, your God, all the firstborn males in your herds and flocks. Don't use the firstborn from your herds as work animals. Don't shear the firstborn from your flocks. These are for you to eat every year, you and your family, in the presence of God, your God, at the place that God designates for worship. If the animal is defective, lame, say, or blind, anything wrong with it, don't slaughter it as a sacrifice to God, your God. Stay at home and eat it there. Both the ritually clean and unclean may eat it, the same as with a gazelle or a deer. Only you must not eat its blood. Pour the blood out on the ground like water.
Deuteronomy chapter 16. Observe the month of Abib by celebrating the Passover to God, your God. It was in the month of Abib that God, your God, delivered you by night from Egypt. Offer the Passover sacrifice to God, your God, at the same place God chooses to be worshipped by establishing His name there. Don't eat yeast bread with it. For seven days, eat it with unraised bread, hard times bread, because you left Egypt in a hurry. That bread will keep the memory fresh of how you left Egypt for as long as you live. There is to be no sign of yeast anywhere for seven days, and don't let any of the meat that you sacrifice in the evening be left over until morning. Don't sacrifice the Passover in any of the towns that God, your God, gives you other than the one God, your God, designates for worship. There and there only you will make the pa- you will offer the Passover sacrifice at evening as the sun goes down, marking the time that you left Egypt. Boil and eat it at the same place designated by God, your God. Then, at daybreak, turn around and go home. Eat unraised bread for six days. Set aside the seventh day as a holiday. Don't do any work. Starting from the day you put the sickle to the ripe grain, count out seven weeks. Celebrate the Feast of Weeks to God, your God, by bringing your free will offering. Give as generously as God, your God, has blessed you. Rejoice in the presence of God, your God, you, your son, your daughter, your servant, your maid, the Levite who lives in your neighborhood, the foreigner, the orphan and widow among you. Rejoice at the place God, your God, will set aside to be worshipped. Don't forget that you were once a slave in Egypt, so be diligent in observing these regulations. Observe the Feast of Booths for seven days when you gather the harvest from your threshing floor and your wine vat. Rejoice at your festival, you, your son, your daughter, your servant, your maid, the Levite, the foreigner, and the orphans and widows who live in your neighborhood. Celebrate the feast to God, your God, for seven days at the place God designates. God, your God, has been blessing you in your harvest and in all your work, so make a day of it. Really celebrate. All your men must appear before God, your God, three times each year at the place he designates, at the Feast of Unraised Bread, which is the Passover, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. No one is to show up in the presence of God empty-handed. Each man must bring as much as he can manage, giving generously in response to the blessings of God, your God. Appoint judges and officers organized by tribes in all the towns that God, your God, is giving you. They are to judge the people fairly and honestly. Don't twist the law. Don't play favorites. Don't take a bribe. A bribe blinds even a wise person. It undermines the intentions of the best of people. The right, the right, pursue only what's right. It's the only way you can really live and possess the land that God, your God, is giving you. Don't plant fertility Asherah trees alongside the altar of God, your God, that you build. Don't set up phallic sex pillars. God, your God, hates them. Psalm 44. This is a psalm of the sons of Korah. 
We've been hearing about this, God, all our lives. Our fathers told us the stories. Their fathers told them. How single-handedly you weeded out the godless from the fields and planted us. How you sent those people packing but gave us a fresh start. We didn't fight for this land. We didn't work for it. It was a gift. You gave it, smiling as you gave it, delighting as you gave it. You're my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. With your help, we'll wipe out our enemies. In your name, we'll stomp them to dust. I don't trust in weapons. My sword won't save me. But it's you, you who saved us from the enemy. You made those who hate us lose face. All day we parade God's praise. We thank you by name over and over. But now you've walked off and left us. You've disgraced us and won't fight for us. You made us turn tail and run. Those who hate us have cleaned us out. You delivered us as sheep to the butcher. You scattered us to the four winds. You sold your people at a discount. You made nothing on the sale. You made people on the street, urchins, poke fun and call us names. You made us a joke among the godless, a cheap joke among the rabble. Every day I'm up against it, my nose rubbed in my shame. Gossip and ridicule fill the air. People out to get me crowd the street. All this came down on us, and we've done nothing to deserve it. We never betrayed your covenant. Our hearts were never false. Our feet never left your path. Do we deserve torture in a den of jackals or lock up in a black hole? If we had forgotten to pray to our God or made fools of ourselves with store-bought gods, wouldn't God have figured this out? We can't hide things from him. No, you decided to make us martyrs, lambs aside for sacrifice each day. Get up, God. Are you going to sleep all day? Wake up. Don't you care what happens to us? Why do you bury your face in the pillow? Why pretend things are just fine with us? And here we are. Flat on our faces in the dirt, held down with a boot on our necks. Get up and come to our rescue. If you love us so much, help us. In reading Deuteronomy chapter 14, I ask myself the question, why were the Israelites forbidden to eat certain foods? Through a little bit of study, I found a few reasons. 1. Predatory animals ate the blood of other animals, and scavengers ate dead animals. Because the people could not eat blood or animals they found dead, they could not eat animals that did these things either. 2. Some forbidden animals had bad associations in the Israelite culture, as bats, snakes, and spiders do for some people today. Some may have been used in pagan religious practices. To the Israelites, the unclean animals represented sin or unhealthy habits. And three, perhaps some restrictions were given to the Israelites just to remind them that they were a unique and separate people committed to God. Peter's vision in Acts chapter 10 confirms that we no longer need to be concerned about these laws regarding clean and unclean animals, but we can still learn from them the lesson that holiness is to be carried into all parts of life. We must not restrict holiness only to our spiritual activities, like what we do at church on Sundays. We must be holy in the everyday, practical parts of our life as well. 
health practices, finances, and our use of leisure time. All of these provide opportunities to make daily living holy living. Bible in a Year with Bill is a daily journey into the Word of God. Join me every day as we delve into Scripture and get a daily dose of God's love letter to us. This year we are going through the message, which is a good paraphrase of the Bible, written by Eugene Peterson. If you enjoy what we're doing here, I'd like to encourage you to like and subscribe to the podcast and join my Bible in a Year with Bill page on Facebook. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you tomorrow.